Hey guys. So, I know it's been a long time. I don't exactly know how long, but I know maybe January. And it's now September. So, <laughs> a very long time. Um So, let's catch up. Let's see, January, I started going to fertility treatments. Um, If I didn't update, because I don't remember if I did or not. Um, The first appointment is a lot of just gathering information, not really any testing that I remember. Just a lot of information. And then... I might have had blood work. Eh, don't remember. But anyways, um, gathering information for genetic purposes to see if you guys are a match or whatnot. The next step, I believe, was meeting meeting with a genetic counselor. Um, so the geneticist, she goes over how chromosomes or like you know your genes how they translate into a child and how they if they don't translate right how that could cause a miscarriage and stuff like that that was very educational so if you haven't seen a geneticist and you're struggling with fertility issues that was an awesome appointment um also they did blood work to see if my husband and I had the same um they call it a disorder but basically if you go if you guys are both dominant in one specific area that means that your baby is more likely to have that um, which would not make pregnant well, depending what it is, it would not make pregnancy safe or, you know, giving you a heads up ahead of time that your baby might come with disabilities. So that was also a cool blood work to get back just to see where we were at. Um Now, I was dominant for something, and he was dominant for something, but it wasn't the same thing that we were dominant for, so that reduces the risk significantly of our children together having that same genetic um, abnormality, because you both have to be dominant in that one area so that was a pretty cool thing to learn um let's see what did we do after that after that i think i went on birth control no no we talked about going on birth control but i did progesterone now progesterone for me i have pcos and through blood work also found out that I had high levels of testosterone, which is common 
in people with PCOS. Um, so progesterone taken however many days your doctor says. It depends on, you know, your chemistry, your body, your blood work. So you take it for a certain amount of days and then it induces a cycle. And um, so you do that for a little bit. And then we added metformin because also people with PCOS are insulin insulin resistant. So the metformin helps to level your body out and not fight, not make too much or too little of insulin. So it evens that out. So I went on progesterone, I went on metformin, and then when an extra test was done, I believe it was a SIS, is a saltwater test. Um, so basically, if you don't know what a saltwater test is, it's like a mock, um, a mock IVF transfer, which is just water. But, um, so that test was interesting. It's a little bit more invasive. Um, for me, it was very uncomfortable. I wouldn't say pain. It was more like pressure, but very uncomfortable pressure. Um, they pretty much had to, like, mimic breathing. So I could mimic their breathing. And I got through it, but it was hard. Um, and then... Let's see. After that... After the results of that came back, then we did letrozole, which is a medicine that helps you ovulate. So the progesterone gives you the cycle. The metformin levels you out. So um, your body is more like a hormonally stable person you know those people that can get pregnant easier and letrozole makes sure that you ovulate so when you take progesterone yes it induces for you to have a cycle but that doesn't necessarily mean that you ovulated so with letrozole they told me that yes you're gonna ovulate Possibly, but if you if it doesn't work the first time, meaning if you don't get pregnant the first time, then every month after that that you take it again, they're gonna have to do an ultrasound to make sure that I didn't have any cysts in my ovaries, which is another joy of PCOS. And if you've been listening this far and I haven't said what PCOS is, is polycystic ovarian syndrome, and it just sucks. Anyways, um, let's see. So I took let I took letrozole. I had the first day of my last cycle was February twenty ninth of this year, leap year. <laughs> um. 
And then I believe I ovulated either March 14 or 15. Or maybe it was the 15 and 16. I don't know. But I know that those, for two days I have very strong positive OPKs. Which they tell you to take to see when you ovulated. And it's not for medical reasons. It's more for your... Um, knowledge I guess so you take the letrozole how they tell you to take it again it's very personal to your health your blood work your doctor whatever the regimen is that they're trying you out on so I'm not going to say what mine was um and then so you take it they tell you what days to have intercourse. Now, I did not follow that to a T because that's just weird. But anyways, at the end of March, um, I was on the phone with a friend. And all that week, for some reason... I had salsa for breakfast every day. Um, now, me and my coworker always did something. Either going to breakfast or going to the grocery store or whatever. After work, we worked 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. So, that particular start to the week. She had to go grocery shopping, so I was like, okay, I'll grab a few things, too. That can be our thing that we do together. So, I believe that was right before COVID hit the States. Or maybe it was the beginning. I don't remember. Um, So, we went to the grocery store. And... You know, I go to the fresh produce section first. It's usually the first thing you see at a grocery store. And I found this fresh salsa. And I was like, oh, maybe I just like it. Because it's the first time I ever have it. But then I proceeded to have it every morning for a little bit. I want to say a week but I want to say it was longer. Again, that was a long time ago. So I don't remember. Um, so anyway, I was on the phone with a friend one morning eating my salsa. And me and my husband had tested before this. But it was way too early. I was kind of obsessed with testing. So... My husband was like, okay, chill. We're not taking one tomorrow. And I was like, okay. But when I got home, I was like, do I really listen to him? Or do I just take one? I think it was like two, one or two days before my missed period. Not way, way early. So I take the test. 
and I continued to talk to this friend and I sent her the test first because I just knew it was going to be negative. So I looked to make sure that the tests were in the frame but I wasn't looking at it yet. And then I put my phone down. So I sent the picture. I put my phone down and looked at it. And it was like clear as day positive. Like it was not like maybe there's a line. Maybe there's not a line. You you ladies know if you've struggled to get pregnant. You look at that thing like under a microscope almost so it wasn't one of those it was like oh oh crap i'm actually pregnant so anyway so then the dilemma was okay i wasn't even supposed to test that day and now i'm pregnant of course i have to tell my husband who's asleep because he works second shift and he didn't want to be woken up early of course, because he's working. Duh, it makes sense. But then, now I'm freaking out. So, guess what? I woke him up. Because, well, that's what I do. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, babe. You're not going to believe it. I'm pregnant. Like, you don't even have to, like, guess at it. It's just there, plain as day. Then he looked at it, and then he saw clearly that I was freaking out so he calmed me down and he said okay well you need to contact the doctor and see what we need to do next so we contacted the doctor and she said okay this is the closest clinic to you that can get the blood work to us by this afternoon because again it was early morning I work night shift, so of course I'm awake early morning. I had not even gone to bed yet. So we drove to Nashville, which is our next biggest town. Um, But again, it was the only blood draw site that could get us the results the same day. So we go there. We tell him, hey, I think my doctor sent an order over for blood work. They said, yes, I did my blood work. Got in my car. For some reason, and I don't remember why, I had to stop by my work that day. So we stopped by my work. I did whatever it was. And we had not go, gone around the building yet to exit my work's parking area and I had a message from my doctor's office and so I opened it and I was <laughs> he said uh, you have a new test results and then he sends you the link to open it and I was like that is so fast so then I got nervous because I was like if it was so fast that means it didn't work right i mean duh so before i open it 
I told my husband, I said, it has to be above a five to be considered pregnant. If it's five or under, you're not considered pregnant. So, I tilted the phone and I opened it for him to look at first. But he was kind of staring at it. He didn't know exactly where to look, what he was looking at. So then I turn it and it says 24. Which is a low number, but it means you're pregnant. So, of course, I start freaking out. He immediately hugs me. And he was like, it's okay. It's okay. Well, this was a Friday, which meant that I had to wait all weekend and until Monday to get my blood drawn again. Well, all weekend, I was a wreck. I was a mess. I don't remember if that was my weekend off or not. Um, so, Monday rolls around. You have to get to the lab as close as time-wise as you can, um, to the first blood draw for it to be accurate. Um... To know if the numbers are properly going up or not. That's the point of getting there around the same time. So we shot to get there around the same time. And so our goal was from 24 to 86. Um, so we get there. We wait a little bit. We do the blood work. Again, by the time we're almost back home, we get the test results. And so I open it, and it was closer to 200, maybe like 150, I believe it was in the 180s. And I was like, oh my god, that's such a high number. Like, I was so happy, um, because of course it had more than doubled, so I was over the moon. Anyways, at five weeks, and I only know this because of what I'm about to tell you. At five weeks, I have is like excruciating pain on my lower right side. And so I messaged my doctor. And at this point, I'm still under the care of my fertility doctor. Not yet the OBGYN. So, I contact my fertility doctor, and um, I'm like, hey, there's this weird pain, it does hurt a lot. She asked a couple of questions, and I answered them, and so she sends me to the ER, because she said um, that could be possibly an ectopic pregnancy, that's what it sounds like. So, of course, I believe it was a weekend. It must have been because my husband was off. Or maybe he called off. I don't remember. But anyways, um, they told me not to drive myself. So, we drive to the hospital that they told us to go to. 
which is about 45 minutes away from us. That's where that doctor has privileges at. That's why I had to drive that far out. Um. So anyway, I get there. I tell them what's going on. They do a urine test first to confirm that I'm still pregnant. That my levels are saying that I'm still pregnant. You know, no. I get. I don't know how they do it in the lab. I don't know if it tells them a number through your pee or if it's just like a regular pregnancy test. So they also do blood work and they also check to see if I have a UTI, new bacteria in my pee, all that jazz. So then eventually they take me to an ultrasound. If you have ever been at the ER, you know that the sonographers at the emergency rooms or hospitals in general are not allowed to tell you either way, good or bad, if anything's going on. All they can tell you is the doctor has to read it. I guess the radiologist, is that what they're called? <laughs> um, the radiologist has to read it and then they'll send their report to the doctor that is in charge of your care. So anyway, I go through this really, really long or seemed like long ultrasound and Again, she's not allowed to tell me anything. Um, I'm the only one down there. So, patient-wise. So, they put me back on the wheelchair. I am waiting for transport to take me back to the ER. It's a huge hospital. So... She just sits out there and she's just making conversation. And she's like, you know, I know this is your seventh pregnancy. Um, Did you do anything different like uh, fertility treatment, IVF, IUI, what did you do? And I was like, well, I did letrozole, which is a fertility drug, but it's not necessarily IUI or IVF. Now, if you don't know what IUI is, it's intrauterine insemination and IVF is in vitro fertilization. Sorry, had to think about it. Um, so anyway, I did not use any of those. But, you know, I thought she was just making conversation, getting to know me while we wait. So I didn't have to wait alone. But again, no information was given. Just, I have to wait. So I wait. I wait some more. And then the doctor, the main doctor that's running the ER, not necessarily my doctor, but somebody above him, says, hey, I need to do a pelvic and pelvic exam to make sure everybody, everything's okay down there. 
and see what's going on, see if you're dilated. If I'm dilated, of course, that means miscarriage. That's why they're checking. Um, and the reason that I'm doing it is to make sure that it's done right. And so I was like, okay. At this point, I was at fast track, which is just basically recliner chairs. So they take me to a, a room, like a proper ER room. And they close the door. There's a nurse with him. Because, you know, there's a there needs to be a female there when they do pelvics. So um, he do. He did the pelvic. He said nothing felt weird. And that he would talk to my doctor. And go from there. So I'm still waiting. They make me do another urine test. And like I said. I'm just waiting. And waiting. And waiting. Well eventually. Right before shift change. The doctor comes. And says. This time is my doctor. That's been taking care of me at the ER. And he says, you have to get clear by OB. Because you're pregnant with twins and he just keeps going. And I'm just like, I'm pregnant with what? <laughs> He's like, wait, nobody told you? I was like, no. I've just been sitting here. So, I found out by myself... That I was pregnant with twins because because of COVID, my husband had to wait outside in the car. This was at the very beginning of COVID. Uh, I want to say it was like April ish, um, like the very beginning of April. So, still, like you were the only patient allowed in the ER. Everybody else had to wait outside or in their car. So, I found out by myself that I was pregnant with twins. Now, the reason that Opie had to clear me was... Apparently, your ovaries can twist. I did not know that. And that can be an emergency. So, they had to come and make sure that my ovaries were not twisting. And that's where the pain would be from. And I believe he said they twist because they're overstimulated because of all the hormones so um still waiting needless to say everything was good I was just hurting because you know extra weight that I don't usually have from the twins in my uterus um even though there were little teeny tiny things like I mean you could just see the little, like, is that the amniotic sac, maybe? You could see the sac that they were in, but you couldn't really tell <coughs> where the babies were. You just saw two sacs. So, um, of course, no heartbeats yet. It was way too early. It was like five weeks. So, they say, you know, in two weeks, if they repeat this test, or even one week, you might be able to see more then. And you might or might not be able to get a heartbeat. You know, depending how they're growing. So, 
I was there for eight hours. Thank the Lord that nothing was wrong. And that is the story of how I found out that I was having twins. So, of course, I text my husband because I have horrible signal. And you can only hear like half of what I'm saying. So, I text my husband and tell him. I don't like you right now. Because he would always joke around that it was twins. <laughs> so I told him. I don't like you right now. He's like why? I said because it's twins. I'm pregnant with twins. And then I said. I'm sorry. We're pregnant with twins. <laughs> so then after I told my husband. I believe I called my mother. And told her that we were having twins. And she got so mad that I told my husband over text. But I was like, Mom, I'm stuck at the ER still. I mean, this was before I was let out. At the eight hour mark. I mean, I didn't know when I was going to be released. I wanted to tell somebody. I mean, I'm by myself and just found out I'm having two kids. So, I had to tell somebody. Of course, he had to be first. Because, of course, you want your husband to be first and be special. And you and him have that moment. But then I also wanted to tell my mom. Does she's my mom. So, I had to tell him before I told her. So, then I called her. My sister was there. My dad was there. And. They were all upset. That I texted this man. That he was having twins. Well that's what I was given woman. Anyways. <laughs> um, So I get out. My phone's dead by now. Because he's been texting me all day. To see what's going on. I didn't take my charger. Because I did not expect. To be at the ER for 8 hours. So. My phone's dead. I'm hoping. That he's at the same. Parking space. That. He was at when I went in. Because. If you know the hospital. That I was at. At all. You know that they have a parking garage. So. He could have literally been anywhere. If he had, let's say, gone to get a snack or some food or gone to the bathroom. Like, he would have to leave, come back, and maybe not get the same parking spot. So, anyways, thankfully, he was still in the same parking spot. And as soon as I saw him, I, like, yelled at him across the parking lot and was like oh my god can you believe we're having twins and he was like no so I showed him it wasn't an ultrasound picture it was printed on copy paper because the ER doesn't do ultrasound pictures so that's the best it can do so I showed him on the printer paper our two little nuggets Because there were just two perfectly round little sacks. And then we 
got on the way home. And we proceeded to tell our family and closest friends that we were having twins. And that everything was fine. And that I'm not having an ectopic pregnancy. <sighs> Thank the Lord. Um, I don't know. I, I think even to this day, I'm now six and a half months pregnant. And to this day, I'm still in disbelief that I'm having two children. You know. Anyway, fast forward. The beginning was tough. The first 12 weeks were rough. But that was expected. Because it's two. You got more hormones. You got more blood. You got more everything going through your body. So, of course, I I had real bad morning sickness. And then when I hit... 13 weeks they called it um hyperemesis gravidarum and mine was a mild case but I know they can't be more severe meaning people get hospitalized because of this because it's way easier to get dehydrated your body doesn't want to take anything in um You can get really, really, really sick and ill. And that in turn makes your baby sick and ill. So, thankfully, mine was a mild case. Um, No, no people and no of people that have had it way worse than me. And I think at least two people that had it before there was even medication to manage the symptoms of HG so I can't even imagine what they went through having to deal with it with no nausea medicine no nothing um so that was rough HG was rough it's gotten better but I know people that have it way into like delivery or maybe a little bit after because of hormones so I got lucky in that department it still comes and goes I have good days and bad days um I have far more good days than bad days but anyways so I had HG at the beginning um I had, I I just kept going to the doctor a lot at the beginning um, because of little complications here and there. Thankfully, nothing major. Um, So then around 10 weeks, I started going to my regular OB, um, my regular OB was a certified nurse midwife, which is part of the OB practice. It's just where they see people at. It was, um, sometimes there's midwives that you have to, like, go to a special office to see them. Now, I'm not quite sure what the difference is. Um, 
in a midwife where like you give birth at home and it's your choice and that's what they do and a certified certified nurse midwife or CNM that they care for you at a regular doctor's office and they can deliver at a hospital I'm not sure how that works but anyway my CNM is the one that referred me to the fertility clinic so I of course went back to her and she was leaving the practice so I saw my angel I can't say her name because of course I haven't asked her if I could so I saw her for my first official visit it was a long visit they take all of your medical history your husband's medical history they do blood work they do a pelvic exam the whole nine yards and that week I did not have an ultrasound because I don't think they do that at 10 weeks just because I had had the previous care so I knew that I was pregnant and we had listened to the heartbeat and all that so I didn't have an ultrasound that day however at the end of that um appointment she informed me that with twins you run a higher risk of needing surgery meaning a c-section if they are breech or transverse transverse meaning they're not upside down they're literally crossways so um midwives do not see people that are pregnant with more than one baby just so you're already under the care of a doctor in case the surgery does need to happen which made complete sense to me so after talking of course she got to know me throughout the appointment she thought that this other doctor who by the way another angel of mine would be a good fit so I was kind of upset and kind of sad about it but I understood so I went and I think it was four weeks later I saw and met the doctor I thought she was really nice but of course uh, I don't know that first appointment was very informative but she was learning me I was learning her Um, I think it was about 14 weeks because at 12 weeks I had the Down syndrome ultrasound is that yeah it's like a genetics ultrasound where they measure the liquid or the fluid on their neck and it has to be within a certain level if it's not then you're higher risk for down syndrome or trisomy 13 or 18 so we did that at 12 weeks so i believe i saw her at 13 or 14 weeks 
Um, and ever since then, I've had complications here and there. At 18 weeks, she was head down, the baby was, which scared me. But the doctor was like, eh, that's normal. They just move around however they feel like. So I was like, all right, you know, I, at this point, she had gotten me the 18 weeks. So I was going to lean on what she said. So at 22 weeks was my next ultrasound. And my cervix was shorter than it needed to be. Like way shorter. So then we started progesterone. This time it was vaginal progesterone. And it's supposed to um, help strengthen strengthening your cervix and keep it where it's at not necessarily let it get weaker or softer or shorter so that was 22 weeks i think from then on she decided okay let's see you next week see where we're at and then we decide if I need to see you weekly or every two weeks or let's see what happens. So I went the week after at 23 weeks and it was okay. At 24 weeks, I went and had a cervical check ultrasound and it was shorter than the 22. So I was sent to the big gun hospital in case that the kids were going to be here then um so when i got there i got my first steroid shot then the next day i got another steroid shot i was there with no change for four days and then sent home thankfully now my cervix is shorter than it was when I left the hospital, but it's not such a significant amount where she is putting me back at the hospital at this point. Um, as in two weeks ago and yesterday, my cervix is holding out at the same um, length as it was two weeks ago. So, obviously, progesterone and complete bed rest and me not working and stuff like that is helping. Um, because I did not mention I am having a boy and a girl. Um, my due date is December 5th. Of course, I won't make it that far. They deliver twins at 38 weeks. Depending on what kind of twin you're having. I'm having die-die twins. Which is supposed to be the less complicated of the types of twins that you can have. Um, of course, I think I'm just having my own set of complications. Because, well, that's life. <laughs> And it's twins, and it's heavier on my body, and my uterus, and my cervix, and I think it's just a combination of things. Now, I do love my doctor, and she has gotten me 
to currently in 27 weeks and 4 days. Um, viability is 24 weeks, but of course, with twins, um, you don't want them to be born at 24. Yes, they can survive the outside, but they can have long-term medical issues and you want to avoid that of course you want to have a healthy of a baby as you can um my goal at the moment is to make it to 28 um which was our first goal since 24 was to make it to 28 because the how can I say that the risk of long-term medical problems significantly reduces at 28 weeks. Now, 28 weeks is still extremely early, but there's less chance of long-term issues or uh, big deal disabilities. So, um... Next goal is Saturday. And then after that. Um, if I do make it to Saturday. Which at this point. I do believe I'm going to make it to Saturday. Um, the next goal after 28. Would be 34. Because at 34. Even though it's still early. It's about a month earlier. That they would like to deliver. Um, people. Not people. Babies don't do as much NICU time as a baby who's born at even 32 weeks or 30 weeks or 28 or 24. Um, so, right now we are praying and hoping to get to Saturday. Which I'm hopeful because I'm not dilated. My cervix is holding out. So, as long as I keep doing what I'm doing, <laughs> um, the babies are going to cook for a little bit longer. Um, my back does hurt extremely, but my doctor says I am as big as a 31-week singleton pregnancy. So, that's where all my discomfort comes from. Uh, there's two people's weight on my cervix and my uterus and my stomach in general I'm carrying extra weight that I'm not used to so my body's just adjusting um I am anemic so we're watching that up close and anyways the reason for this update is again I've said this before and I'm gonna say it again if you have a great medical team, meaning that you love your doctor, you trust what they say, they listen to you, and that's a big one. They listen to you. Yes, you're going to still do what they think is best, but if you feel heard, if you feel like their goals and your goals are matching up, then no matter what the complication is, no matter 
if that baby comes early or not. No matter what comes your way, pregnancy-wise, there are going to be anxieties. And you can't take that away from a high-risk pregnancy or having any sort of complication in your pregnancy. But it's going to make it way easier if you can trust your medical team. I love my sonographer. She is informative in the point of not medically, but I'm like, what the hell am I looking at right now? She, she's like, oh, that's the kidney or, you know, whatever I'm looking at. Um, she doesn't think it's a weird question or anything like that. She looks at pictures of babies every day. I don't. So I can figure out most of it. But some of it I'm like huh. What body part is that? Um, When there's an emergency. She gets in contact with the radiologist right away. To get further instructions. She contacts my doctor. She contacts who she needs to. To see what she needs to do next. If there's nothing, then of course I follow up with my doctor. So I love my sonographer in that sense. Um, I love the clinic that I'm at. They're also very communicative about what I need to do or what's next or whatnot. I love my doctor. She talks to me. In a language that I can understand. Not all medical terms. And she makes me feel at ease. About every decision that we're making. And every step of the way. In between us. The midwife. If let's say. Um, my doctor has an emergency. Or she's just not going to be. In the office that day. Because she needs to be at the hospital. Or whatever reason. She's not there. I see the midwife. And the times that I've seen her here lately, when we've had complications, she always gets a hold of my doctor um, to see what needs to be done next. Since my doctor's officially the one officially taking care of me um, on paper. So I, I completely trust my medical team. Um... When I was sent to the hospital at 24 weeks, nothing was done without my OB's approval. Meaning that the high-risk doctors at that hospital would contact my home OB, which is the one taking care of me, and say, okay, this is what our plan is. And she would approve or disapprove or whatever down to the day that I was discharged, which was a Sunday. And um, apparently that was ran by her too um, to see what she was comfortable with. Because, of course, when I was released, I would be back under her care. So I... It's needless to say that I completely, completely trust my medical team. Um, Also, having a good support system 
when you are having a complicated pregnancy is vital. Um, not only family, but friends that can feed your dog. <laughs> Literally. When you're at the hospital, when your husband's running back and forth between the house and the hospital. Um, people that call you and check on you every day, not just to check on the babies, but to check on you. Um, it's important people that remember when your doctor's appointments are now going weekly and ask you, oh, your appointment was at three o'clock. Okay, I'm going to call you at four and I'm going to ask you how it was. <laughs> and I love that. I love that people remember when my appointments are and check up on me. And, um, anyway, a support system is another major thing. And, last but not least, and I'm sorry if you're not religious, God has a lot to do with it. God is keeping these babies safe and letting them cook longer and giving the knowledge and wisdom to these doctors to be able to do the best they can. And if something shall come and happen, I do believe that God has these little two people that are not here yet under his care and under his wing and he'll keep us safe all three of us and I know we're going to be fine and no matter if my little beans come with medical necessities or not I'm still going to love them and do the best I can for them and try to care for their medical needs as best as I can so even if I was to give birth at 24 weeks that wouldn't have mattered because this is my seventh pregnancy I've been waiting so long to have these two and it's worth it no matter what it's worth it and God doesn't give you more than you can handle so anyways that is my long-winded update on my fertility journey um like I said, now we're 27 weeks, 4 days with twins. Ideally, I have 11 more weeks. We'll see if that happens. But, um, yes, ideally, 11 more weeks. 10 on, on Saturday. So, let's pray that I get close to that as I can. After we get to Saturday, 34 weeks is my next goal. Please pray that I get to 34 weeks. So we don't have as much NICU time. Um, anyways, I hope you guys are having a wonderful day and a wonderful week. And I hope that you guys are staying in and staying safe as much as you can. If you do go out, be careful. And... I will update you guys when there's something to update about. Anyways. Bye guys. Hope you have a great day.